0: production.
1: Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling.
2: Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 23rd of June. Hundreds of passengers on two flights between Sydney and New Zealand have been ordered to get tested for COVID and isolate after an infected person flew between the two countries. Genome sequencing is now underway to work out if the infected person is linked to the existing COVID outbreak in Sydney, while New Zealand has also paused its travel bubble with New South Wales for at least 72 hours. The current Bondi cluster in Sydney now stands at 21, with 10 new infections recorded yesterday. One is of particular concern. A Year 3 student from a primary school in Sydney's eastern suburbs testing positive to COVID, and authorities have no idea at this stage how the child contracted the virus. Here is New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard.
0: Last year we talked about this particular virus when it first came to our shores as being obviously dangerous, but it wasn't a long jumper and it wasn't a high. Jumper. This Delta variant is actually a gold medalist when it comes to jumping from one person to another. It is a long jumper.
2: The jump in new cases has already seen Queensland and Victoria shut their borders to New South Wales, and we'll have more details shortly. Meantime, the New South Wales government has increased COVID restrictions, making masks now mandatory at indoor venues and on public transport across all of Sydney infectious diseases expert Dr Norman Swan has told the project Sydney siders need to take this latest threat very seriously
1: I was at a Woolies uh, 2 days ago where the mask there was a mask mandate in the eastern suburbs and not a single person in that Woolies was wearing a mask if that was reflected elsewhere then I think there that there is an issue that people are not taking this seriously and if they don't take it seriously we'll be in lockdown
2: In other news this morning, support is mounting for a fully vaccinated man to be granted an exemption by the Queensland Government to be with his dying father. Despite a number of negative COVID tests offering to charter his own flight and to even wear a hazmat suit, Mark Killian's numerous requests continue to be denied. 50,000 Australians have now signed a petition in support of Mark and his wife. Mark has told the ABC it is heartbreaking.
1: It's uh, up and down, and n- not just daily, but hourly. Um, he's extremely weak. is is at this point, sometimes not able to even talk to us.
2: The prime minister has written to Mark and says he's disappointed. The Queensland government has not found a workable, compassionate solution. Mr Morrison adding, the federal government cannot intervene in the state's decision. And the return of Barnaby Joyce as Deputy Prime Minister has dominated a fiery question time at Parliament House in Canberra. Mr Joyce was sworn in as the new leader of the National Party during a ceremony at Government House yesterday after ousting Michael McCormack for the top job. Labor leader Anthony Albanese going on the attack, questioning Barnaby's political comeback.
1: And I refer to the Deputy Prime Minister's statement, quote... I don't want the government any more in my life. I'm sick of the government being in my life.
2: And then Barnaby fired back.
1: I think I'm looking at someone here who might be under a little bit of pressure himself. (laughs) A little bit of pressure himself.
2: Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in Victoria and the state has already closed its borders to a number of suburbs across Sydney. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne and says people were given just four hours notice of the change last night. Yeah, the announcement made after nine last night, Tash, and the new restrictions were in force from one o'clock this morning. Any Victorian resident trying to get back into their home state from a red zone has to get tested and then quarantine at home for two weeks, regardless of the result that comes through. Several flights into Melbourne from Sydney have also been cancelled already this morning. However, under the rules, travellers who only enter an affected area to get to the airport are exempt from the 14-day home quarantine rule. Now, Wollongong has also been declared as an orange zone. That means travellers from there must get a permit to come into Victoria, get tested on their return and isolate until
0: receiving a negative result.
2: Meantime, in WA, the COVID recovery continues, with some restrictions easing even further across the state. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has more from Perth.
1: Tash, the recovery in WA took a step forward from just after midnight. A 75% cap on crowds has been lifted, meaning there's no limit on patrons at bars, restaurants or any other venue across the state. The two square metre distance rule has also been scrapped. Premier Mark McGowan says it's been an entire state effort. Because of the work of West Australians, we're ready to go to phase five in our roadmap out of COVID-19 restrictions. Contact registers and QR codes remain in place and venues must maintain COVID safety plans. Business groups say this change will create jobs.
2: For the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, Editor-at-Large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. There's some interesting new research out today showing one in
0: five has a liar loan. What is a liar loan? Yeah, it is very interesting. And look, it does look like some home buyers may be partial to stretching the truth just slightly, Touch when it comes to applying for a home loan. So this has come from reporting agency experience, and it found that one in five Aussies have fibbed to a bank when applying for a loan in order to get it across the line. And the findings were reported in the FIN review, and it was a survey of 1,000 mortgagees, and they noted that around 21% of liar loans relate to overestimating their income, while 28% were all about underestimating living expenses. And a further 20% of these untruths were for hiding, say, a pregnancy, and a quarter withheld information about job changes. Because obviously, Tash, this is all about the more more kids you have or the more cars you have, it increases your expenses and makes it harder to get a loan. So essentially they're lying. Now there are consequences if you lie on your application. And even if you do manage to get it through the application process, you could still be caught out as lenders conduct post-settlement audits on home loan applications. And in the worst case scenario, If the audit uncovers fraud on your home loan application, your loan could be called in. Now, lia loans are not new, but in a rising interest rate market, I'm sure the banks don't want these risky loans on their books.
2: Also, interesting story today, Effie, I love this. Now, we all love a bit of DIY, but now it's D-I-F-M at the annual cost of around $50,000. What does that mean? It means do
0: it for me. <laughs> um, we seem to be outsourcing everything. And this is a new report uh, according to the Rubin Institute. And, and we are outsourcing everything to a, the tune of a whopping $50,000 per year per household. Now, I, I feel, at first I thought that was absolutely crazy. But let's be honest here, nobody enjoys doing housework. And with the rise of online outsourcing sites like Airtask and Uber Eats, you can understand how easy it is. So exactly what are we outsourcing? Well, the most common activity is entertainment, recreation, gambling and clubs. That represented 20.4% of our outsourcing budget. In second spot came financial services and that includes like financial planners. Third spot was health services. And then what followed from there was tourism, meal delivery services and household maintenance and cleaning. You know, mowing around the house, cleaning windows and so on. Now, some other surprising entries were sexual services. Like I said Tash this was a complete list a complete outsourcing list that everything was included.
2: Okay. Interesting times we're in the middle of a pandemic. Effie, thank you. Thanks Tash. <laughs> to sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett Sydney's AFL teams have escaped to Melbourne with this weekend's matches still up in the air
1: Yes good morning Tash, the AFL scrambled together a charter flight, uh, the Swans and Giants jumping on that last night, getting to Melbourne as you said, just in case the borders start shutting to New South Wales, now we've had one match moved, the Giants were due to face the Hawks on Sunday at Giants Stadium, that's now at the MCG, the Swans well they're meant to face uh, the Power this weekend in Adelaide, we're still waiting to find out whether the SA government will shut the gate to New South Wales. Here's Sydney coach John Longmire on that situation. The reality is you have to deal with it. There's no choice in this matter. You you get on with it and you do the job. We've got ourselves a chance to, to, to the halfway point or a bit over the halfway point to be in a competitive position. In the last three weeks alone, Victoria's locked down, and now the situation with New South Wales, it's cost the AFL $15 million in three weeks, so they are leaking money, Tarsh.
2: And a lot of businesses too. Brett boyd Courtner could make an appearance in the New South Wales Origin Camp as they attempt to win the shield in hostile territory. Go the Blues.
1: <laughs> yes, well, James Tedesco certainly hopes that uh, Boyd does make an appearance in camp this week, uh, as you've mentioned. Uh, of course, last week he announced his retirement due to uh, ongoing concussion problems. Teddy says his former Roosters and State teammate could provide some valuable inspiration. I think he might come up, hopefully. Obviously, it was a really emotional week last week for him, and just learning so much of him as a leader and as a person, he's, he's been awesome, and it'd be great to join him lifting the shield. They're in Kingscliff at the moment, of course, to get away from the situation in Sydney. Uh, the Maroons are. Trying Running on the Gold Coast at the moment, Tash
2: and Andrew Bogut is waiting to reports Ben Simmons will pull out of the Tokyo Olympics. Lots of controversy about this
1: possible decision. Now, of course, uh, this is a situation that Bogut has found himself in in the past, being a high-profile NBA player on a lot of money, uh, but still um, managed to play for the Boomers at times, not at every tournament, but certainly when the Olympics rolled around, if Bogut was fit, he would try and make himself available. Uh, Ben Simmons coming off a disappointing performance for Philadelphia in the NBA playoffs. He's copying a lot of criticism over in the US. And yesterday we heard that uh, it looks like he's doubtful to play for the Boomers, which is disappointing considering this is our golden generation of basketball talent. Uh, Bogart told Fox Sports that he shouldn't have to be convinced to pull on the green and gold. To be, to be blunt, if you need to be recruited to play for your national team and be um, denard and have a presentation about why you should play, you should play. That's my opinion on it. Hopefully he changes his mind, but at this stage doesn't look likely.
2: Yeah, will play out very interesting to watch. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And a baby boy born five months premature in the US. and a baby boy born five months premature in the US has beaten the odds and just celebrated his first birthday. The parents of Richard Scott Hutchinson were told there was zero chance of him surviving after he was born at around 21 weeks and weighing just 337 grams. He was born 131 days prior to his expected due date and was able to fit in a single palm of his parents' hand. But now the healthy and happy one-year-old is in the Guinness Book of Records as the world's most premature baby. Richard's parents say they want to share their son's inspirational story – to raise awareness about premature births. Congratulations, Richard. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.
0: now.